right after the top of the hour, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Uh, do note that we are uh, recording the call today and uh, we'll be distributing through all our normal channels. Um, little note on that, right? Um, and uh, also why there's no nice music at the startup. Uh, uh, Kevin, um, uh, who does all the production on these things, uh, has been a little bit uh, tied up with some family issues, right? Uh, aging parents and uh, hospice care and um, uh, an eventual death there, right? So uh, if you see Kevin, um, let him know that we're all thinking about him uh, while he's going through a, a pretty rough time. Uh, give him a little bit of, of slack on uh, the amount of time it's going to take to get these things posted because it's it doesn't happen automatically, right? Um, uh, he's He's been taking quite a bit of heat just from one post on Facebook, right? On that note as well, um, I just want to note Right. Our policy is to not post on Facebook. None of our people post on Facebook and our policy manual um, says that we don't. Right. Uh, and that's why you see people asking for darts on Facebook. Um, know that Facebook is really full of uh, misinformation, um, including uh, the a vacation allocation uh, conversation that's been going on there as well. Um, uh, Right. It's a lot better if someone comes to us and tries to work through a question, but because it's posted on Facebook, we shut down for two days and basically turned all of our attention there so we could do the math and have the conversations inside with the company. Um, uh, just know that um, our comms, right, right uh, and and what we put out, that's where the news is um, and, and not on Facebook, right? Um, appreciate that. All right. Uh, so, um, little note on this, right? I, I've been talking about look out for yourself for for some time now, and uh, just experiencing the conversations. Uh, you know, we've been having these conversations now for for years, but just the ones in the last week um, have been very difficult, right? Uh, people upgrading, people uh, with new jobs here, people trying to get into OE who are really, really struggling um, with what's going on in the training department. I, I, you know, almost without fail, that conversation becomes something of a, um, uh, a realization, right? Once they're knee deep in it, um, how bad it is, uh, truly, uh, right? We're doing everything we can do to uh, warn people and put it, put it front and center and, and talk about it, right? Um, it isn't about uh, banging on the training department or that our instructors struggle, none of that, right? Um, it's been underfunded and um, it's had efficiency experts' fingers all over it. And as a result, it's just not giving people what they need to succeed, right? Um, it's terrible for the, the people checking people because they, they see people who haven't been trained properly. Uh, and the people who haven't been trained properly uh, are just simply the the result of um, you know non-standardization and not having uh, enough knowledge to make it through because there's not enough time in the program to to get knowledgeable enough to make it through. Set up for failure, right? Uh, so um, watch out, right? Um, all right, today. Got some news, right? We'll talk about the LEC meeting. Uh, I want to talk about the ARBs a little bit because they're all kind of intertwined and contextually the conversation today, right, about 
um, order of assignment versus follow preferencing, and uh, what we worked on last time with the report times and departure times uh, and how that affects reserve time. All of this is kind of interwoven into a giant jigsaw puzzle, right? Um, I want to work through these slides and try to give some time at the end for Q&A. Uh, this might be a little bit more on the, the lengthy side. These are pretty meaty slides and there's a lot to get into. Um, but I think you'll see you know, these three arbitrations that we're doing um, all intertwined with this language. And it is, you know, the reserve system from the time that a, a trip is made to the time that it's awarded. And all of that changed in December of 21. Uh, the goal is to get you guys knowledgeable enough that you can help us enforce it, right? Um, so a little bit of news. We have an LEC meeting tomorrow. Um, would really, really appreciate it uh, if you guys could show up and we could have an in-person conversation, right, rather than the public forum like this. I love the public forum. It's super easy to get tuned in, talk about stuff. Um, but there's a, a level of conversation that you can have in person that's really difficult on a, uh, a publicly recorded call made as a podcast, right? And it's just something that uh, uh, in a room. Uh, we can have some more uh, in-depth conversations, right? Uh, note that the LEC meeting will be in the same building as where our office is tomorrow, but it's on the fourth floor. Um, our suite is on the sixth floor, right? So fourth floor tomorrow, two to four uh, in the Alpa uh, office building, right? Uh, it's International Plaza just across from, uh, from the airport on the south side there, right? Um, so these three arbitrations, right? So the reserve assignment log arbitration, we did this back in September, September 1st, right? And what's that question in this arbitration is reserve transparency, right? What we bargained for is this uh, single report that shows all of the trips that were assigned as well as what the reserve staffing is, right? So everything in one place so that pilot can self-police whether or not they were the right person uh, to have been um, assigned the work, right? Um, why this stuff is such a big deal, right, is because uh, there was a culture of like backroom deals between schedulers and pilots, and, you know, that, that leads to discontent. Um, there was concern because, you know, some 30% of our flying a couple of years ago was coming in as ad hoc charter. And all of those earnings opportunities coming in after the final line award, right, um, we needed a level of transparency that would allow us to know who is getting assigned what work, right? Um, uh, this is a pretty comprehensive um, program for uh, open time and reserves and ads and rescheduling. Um, without this reserve assignment log, it is almost impossible to have the transparency as to when a trip is assigned, right? Because what that reserve assignment log is supposed to show is the trip number, uh, the uh, scheduler who assigned the trip, and the report time for that trip, like when it was assigned, right? So you can understand what the report time is. Um, it's all tied to the report time because that's what uh, that's what the uh, order of assignment and the follow um, first out, last out for the reserve assignments. That's what they uh, they kind of push for is um, the report time. It's what they're all based on, right? So without being able to see that information, understand what the trips were that were assigned, and have it in a convenient single stop, one stop shop, um, we're not getting the level of transparency that we bargained for. And it's this part, the trips assigned, that's totally missing. The FOLO part, like who's on reserve and what their preferences are, 
uh, is not thorough enough to understand and be able to decipher and reverse engineer who was assigned, um, but it's utterly impossible without uh, transparency as to what the trips were that were assigned, which has never been published, right? So uh, we went to the arbitrator, asked for a decision, hopefully sometime uh, mid-November we get a decision. Um, so then we have a call-out arbitration. So this is coming up uh, next week. Um, this one um, may actually settle. We'll see what happens here. Uh, we're getting kind of kind of tight in towards uh, the 10th and 11th, right? And the closer you get to the dates, uh, the closer people get to moving off of their positions and uh, understanding what's in the book, right? Uh, I don't know if the reading gets better the closer you get to the dates, but uh, that's kind of the general nature of this uh, work, right? Um, so what this is about is uh, everything we talked about last Tuesday, right? And these Tuesdays that two are kind of supposed to be like a seminar series to try to uh, help people understand how people are scheduled, right? Um, uh, the call out times, right? And so I'm talking from the time that you're notified to the time that you need to report at the airport, always two hours, right? And then an hour of prep time uh, if you're operating the flight, right? Some of that has to do with, um, you know, whether you're deadheading out of uh, a Sun Country plane or another airplane, right? That that time can change. But just talking about operating an airplane, you're going to get two hours from the time that you notify and an hour from uh, report to departure. The issue is um, if those aren't fixed values, right, and they can be lengthened and shortened at will by crew scheduling, uh, one, you don't know, it's literally impossible to understand who should have been assigned the flying. Um, and secondarily, uh, it's, um, you know, what you see is like a manipulation of that two-hour call-out time in order to fit uh, the whole day into uh, into a single duty period, right? Um, that pushes us, makes us fatigued, uh, makes you rush throughout the day. It's just not a good way to operate the airline, which is why those are contractually fixed values and cannot be changed or moved. Um, and it has everything to do with the order of assignment, right? So uh, looking to November 8th and 9th, this also appears like it is possibly going to settle um, on a precedent basis specific to the contract language, right? Um, on a non-precedent basis for the monetary damages, which is is probably fine, um, if we can get the understanding uh, from the company uh, to agree that the way that the contract language works is what's in the book, and they start doing that, right? So, uh, order of assignment is a totally different thing from FOLO, and we'll dig into that today. That's kind of the whole subject today. Um, so just a review on report time, departure time, and reserve time. Um, so these are uh, uh, about six or eight slides here. And what I want you to kind of see here, right? So the green part is the time it takes for the pilot to call back, right? You have up to a half an hour. The yellow part here is uh, the two hours from notification to departure, and then the blue part is is one hour, right? And you can see pretty easily, like this is a, an AM, right? Called right at 3 AM, he takes a half an hour call back. And um, if he calls back in a half an hour, it's from that point where notification actually happens in accordance with 25T. That's the conversation on the phone or the red change bar. And from that point, right, is when the two hour window starts. Right. So um, even though there's a report time that's established in order to understand whether that trip 
is uh, legal for the duty day um, in the order of assignment. If the pilot takes a half an hour to call back, it's that point where he's notified that starts the two hours, and then the one hour is attached to the two hours, right? So um, they're kind of built off of each other, but in no case should you see anything less than three hours here, right? And if you kind of slide that whole thing out down, you know, the course of the day, if you start getting called at 11 or 12 in the afternoon, right, now it gets a lot more sketchy as to whether you can fit the flying that you're being assigned into the duty day and be off duty by the time that you're done with the trip, which is what the scheduler needs to be assessing, right, when they're looking at the order of assignment and the photo preferencing. Um, it's impossible to determine whether the pilot should have been or shouldn't have been assigned the trip um, if uh, you can't determine whether they're um, FAA and uh, hours of service uh, legal with the contract. So very important that those uh, those time frames don't get shortened, right? And that uh, what we see a lot of, right? So say the guy's called right at 3 a.m. when he comes on to uh, a.m. reserve uh, is that the scheduler will leave the two hour time period there um, and not reschedule it from the time of notification. So basically shortens uh, the notification to report time, the yellow chunk by a half an hour. Uh, very consistent problem. Um, and uh, you know that's why we're here to talk about it, make sure that uh, um, pilot group is aware and pushes back, right? Um, so uh, can the two-hour report time be shortened? No, the report time uh, must be scheduled to two hours. Uh, that starts at notification. And um, at the point of notification, the crew scheduler should be making an adjustment to that two hours um, to reflect that on the pilot schedule. Now, what happens on the airport boards in that departure time, uh, totally irrelevant to your schedule okay don't feel rushed by them don't look at them and go wow that's in the past um you know don't look at it and go man if i haven't i gotta get an on-time departure and be out of here in a half an hour uh when you're looking at the board in the airport as you just walk into the airport with your report time right um if you happen to get it out early great right but don't rush don't move fast in the sense that you're skipping uh procedures or, or um, cutting corners, right? We all know that we don't cut corners. And um, this two hours is yours, it is there um, so that you have uh, the amount of time that you need to get to the airport and not feel rushed. And then again, the hour to prep, right? From the time that you get on the airplane to the time that you depart. Um, your schedule has to reflect that. If not, there's a contract violation there. And it's not just as simple as the report time itself, right? It's whether you should have been or shouldn't have been assigned the trip um, based on the first out, last out, and the order of assignment. So we'll dig into those. Uh, here's the contract language, right? Uh, just a basic copy and paste. You know, what you see here is uh, 25M2A, right? And it says following notification, right? Notice it's not initial contact or, um, you know, leaving a telephone message or anything, right? Like that. It's very specific, right? It says following notification in accordance with paragraph T4, 
right? So it's 25T4, that's where the notification language resides, right? So following notification, when you actually have that conversation with a crew scheduler, right, and you know that where you're going to go and you're going to get a report time and you're going to get a, um, you know, there's a list of information that you have to be given uh, at that point in time, which is all based on being able to determine whether the trip is legal, right? But um, look, it's it's from notification. Uh, a reserve pilot will be subject to a report time of no less than two hours for a short call reserve pilot. Your schedule needs to reflect that. At the point of notification, the scheduler needs to be adjusting the schedule in eCrew to show that two hours as well as uh, the one hour to departure after your report. So um, just a, a kind of an example, right? So um, scheduling left a message at 0300 and assigned a trip with an 0500 report time. Right? I called back at 0330. What is my report time? Right. So. Um, the scheduler, when they make initial contact, right, is required to um, give you a report time. They should be leaving a report time in that message, right? Half an hour later, the pilot calls back, right? Um, and that's when notification occurs, right? So crew scheduling must adjust the report time to reflect the two-hour report time from notification. And uh, the report time is now 5.30 instead of maybe the 5 a.m. that they left on the message, right? Um, and then the departure time, which is scheduled off of the report time, right, uh, is one hour later, so 06.30. Uh, um, that's just a review of uh, what we covered last time. Very short, very quick and to the point, right? Um, the order of assignment stuff that we're going to dig into now, right, um, it kind of starts up by 25I4, and um, we'll talk about the current order of assignment, but um, I'm going to skip ahead in the slide deck to the very, very end a minute and just take a look at this slide that's down here, because um, I think it's fairly important to understand what happens with this trip, right? So um, by the time that we're done with the slide deck today, this slide should make a ton of sense, right? But there's a progression to the assignment of a trip, right? So um, a trip ends up, there's a sick call, right? Or some ad hoc charter comes in. In any case, the flying is uncovered, right? Um, uh, and goes into open time, right? So the trip is created, it has a report time. Uh, that language is in 25B1, that's where the trip is created. And contractually, right, there's a progression here. You can look at these, you know, citations, and you see 25B is first, 25A1A, that, that's kind of next, 25I4, right, next in the progression, 25M6. So there's a, there is literally a progression through time in the contract uh, from the time that that trip is created to the time that it's assigned to somebody, okay? Um, and out of any one of these, you know, kind of, um, let's say, gates, uh, in the contract, you can end up in a whole bunch of different directions, right? So you create this trip with a report time. Um, from there, it's uncovered or covered, right? Uh, if it's uncovered, it goes into open time. Um, that's all done in accordance with 25I1A. Uh, um, so anything that's uncovered, right, um, by the definition, uh, should be going into open time. And then uh, from open time, we get into the order of assignment, right? And that was the slide I was about to start with, which is 25 I4. Um, note that 
the order of assignment and the FOLO, the first out, last out preferencing for reserves is different, right? From the order of assignment, you can go in a myriad of different directions, right? You can, that trip might end up on a, a reassigned pilot. It might go to a sort trip uh, pilot out of domicile, right? They're first in that order of assignment. And then you start to get into the reserves and management flying and junior assignment, right? But there is a, a clear progression there. And that order of assignment is distinct and different from the first out, last out preferencing, which is a subset of uh, the reserves, right? Um, so, yeah, just to visualize that there's a, there's a progression that happens with that trip, and it's in the contract, and you can kind of see that the language kind of folds back from the beginning uh, to the time that that trip is actually on someone and they depart, right? Um, so, um just kind of going to work back here to the current uh, current open time, right? Uh, and the order of assignment. This is in 25I4, the contract. And what you see here is literally an order to how trips are assigned, right? And this is kind of the abbreviated version. I cut out all the hash from it. Um, but what you see here is, you know, trip's going to first go to a reassigned pilot. Like I said, then it's going to go to a, a time of available pilot. So this is someone who's in domicile, uh, right, whose trip canceled a couple days out in the future, and they have this time of availability period. That's different from reserve. Um, it's new as of December 21 to this contract, and it gives the company some ability to recover uh, the lost productivity from uh, an originally scheduled trip. Um, it is not reserve. You're not on reserve time. You don't have reserve periods. And uh, if you've already gone out and started your trip and started flying it, right, day three of five, the trip cancels in the middle and you're released in domicile, um, there is no time of availability. There's no reserve. There's no way to recoup that unless you are rescheduled prior to being released, right? But you're going to go to a reassigned pilot and then you're going to go to that time of available pilot and see if there's some way you can put the flying that's in open time onto those people first, right? So if crew scheduling is skipping those, that assessment, and just going straight to the reserve, right, or bypasses the whole thing, goes to the management pilots or junior assigns someone while there's still reserves available, we're not following the order of assignment, right? So uh, notice basically what's happening is reassigned pilot and time of availability pilot. These are... Um, ways for the company to recoup the productivity. Then you get to the reserve pilot on reserve time within the domicile. Note that this is on reserve time, right? This is not prospectively will be on reserve time later on when the report time is, right? Reserve pilots on reserve time within the domicile. So these are people you can call right now, right? Um, then the, we don't have other domiciles, right? But the contract contemplates that we would. So it has reserve pilots on reserve time from another domicile, then management pilots, right? So when flying goes on to a management pilot, unless they've removed another pilot, really um, all of the reserves should have been burned at that point, right? Then we have training pilots who have volunteered, still questions with the company, you know, almost two years later. Uh, as to how a training pilot fits into F, how do they volunteer, right? Um, junior assignment within the domicile and then junior assignment within the system, right? Uh, we had a settlement with junior assignment probably about four or five months ago, clarifies how junior assignment is done. You shouldn't be junior assigned on this property 
unless you've burned everyone above here, right? That's what this requires. The, the, the trips, things that are in open time are assigned in an order, right? And you'll notice if we look at the actual language, right, which has quite a bit more hash in it, but look at what's at the end of each sentence, right? Then, right? So you assign the person in A, right? So you assign trips to a reassigned pilot at domicile or assign legs within the trip hour period, pursuant to paragraph K below, then, right? Pilots on time of availability, then pilots on reserve time within the domicile, right? So this is a progression again, right? Um, there's no way to cut straight to the reserve pilot and not give the uh, the trip to a reassigned pilot, right? And if crew scheduling is cutting that corner and going straight to the reserve pilot, they're kind of missing the point, right? Um, if they're going to the reserve pilot and he's not on reserve time, they're missing the right guy, right? Um, all right. So notice what reserve time is, right? So this highlighted part here, pilots on reserve time. Uh, so reserve time, this is the definition of reserve time in the contract, 2BU. Uh, reserve time means a continuous period when a pilot must be available for contact and is obligated to report for work within a specified period following notification in accordance with Section 25M, right? So when you get to this area of the contract, right, that we're talking about, that progression from the time that the trip is built um, to the time that it's awarded and assigned to a reserve, there's a, um, uh, all that language hinges on, uh, are you on reserve time or are you off of reserve time, right? Now, on this property, when you're assigned a trip, then you're off of reserve time, right? So uh, this language that we see here in the current open the current open time order of assignment, right, 25I4, um, very important that if this is on reserve time means that the pilot is actually on reserve that day at that time when they're going to call to assign this trip. This is not perspective, right? The sentence is not reserve pilots on reserve time within the next 72 hours or prospectively will be on reserve time at the report time of the trip, right? This is, you have a trip that you need to assign because it's uncovered and inside of 72 hours, crew scheduling has the ability, uh, inside of 72 hours to report, crew scheduling has the, uh, the ability to start to assign trips, right? Um, there is no ability to assign the trips otherwise, right? Only inside of 72 hours. And then even, right, um, reserve ads, or not reserve ads, but um, ads are processed before you ever even get to the order of assignment, right? Uh, which was also a change in December of 21. So just note that you have to be on reserve time to be getting these calls, right? If you're getting called on a, uh, a day off, for a trip that starts on your first day of reserve, you are not at, on reserve time at the time that they're assigning that trip, right? It means a continuous period when a pilot must be available for contact. That's the distinction of a day off. You're not available for contact. You are not obligated to report for work yep. within that specified time period. Union meeting thing going on. Yeah, hang tight. I'm just going to go ahead and mute everybody here. So um, here's a question for you, right? Am I considered in the order of assignment if I'm not on reserve time? A pretty simple answer, no. Right? If you're on a day off, you can be contacted 
regarding future assignments, right? The company, in fact, has an obligation to call you to notify you delays and changes to your schedule and cancellations, right? Um, they must, in fact, notify you of those changes uh, if you're on a day off even, right? And that's, that is what um, uh, specific contract language uh, involves there. So if we take a look at this language right here in 25M2D, right? Uh, notice what's happening here in 25M2D. Whenever practicable in consideration of available reserve coverage, anticipated requirements and pilot sleep, pilots will be notified of reserve assignments sufficiently in advance of the trip to receive rest prior to report time. And so what they're saying here is don't, don't be calling this guy randomly whenever uh, it's convenient for the scheduler pay some respect to their sleep and their rest, right? So that they're rested for the assignments that they're going to have. Right? But pursuant to this paragraph M2D, pilots may be contacted during days off to be notified of a future assignment, but have no obligation to be available for contact. Notice what's happening there in the language, right? They're not on reserve time. They can be called to be notified of future assignments, like changes to their schedule, right? Um, but you're not in the order of assignment. So this language in 25M2D here, this does not um, include you in the order of assignment, and it doesn't make you um, uh, prospectively uh, assignable uh, if you're on a day off, right? You're, you have no obligation to be available for contact. Uh, if you look back, right, what is the reserve time? Uh, you must be available for contact, right? When are you in the order of assignment? Reserve pilots on reserve time. This language does not absolve the other 20 pages around it that require you to be on reserve time. So uh, 25M2D and 25I4, uh, right? So 25M2T is this, you know, you're not on reserve time. You're not in the order of assignment. Um, Every trip assignment from open time is going to start with the order of assignment. You're going to look there first, right, to determine whether it should go to uh, productivity recovery, right? The um, uh, time of available pilot or the uh, uh, reassigned pilot, right? Um, and then eventually gets into the reserve, right? So like I said, 25M2D um, doesn't place the pilot in the order of assignment, no matter how much that language might say that uh, you can be notified on your day off of assignments, it doesn't put you in the order of assignment. Um, right, 25I4 requires the pilot be on reserve time. Um, can I be notified of a trip starting on the first day of my next stretch of reserve? Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so... Uh, You'd have to be on reserve time on your last day, right? So if you've been assigned a trip, you're not on reserve time, you're not contactable, they shouldn't be assessing you um, for an assignment, you know, 72 hours out um, because you're not contactable. You're not on reserve time, you're not in the order of assignment, right? Um, note on your first day of your reserve sequence, right? There's specific language that removes you from the order of assignment um, for the uh, first two hours in the case of a, a short call, right? Or 14 hours for a 14 hour long call. Um, that 
is there to remove you from the order of assignment on your first day so that the report time doesn't just become 0300, right? Uh, it's to protect that first couple of hours so that you can um, know that when you go on reserve, that's when you're in the order of assignment, that's when you're contactable, that's when you're going to get a trip assigned. Note um, that if you take a look at this this next slide here, right, so what we see is a, a you know trip M0032. They're going to assign this thing out, right? Um, and this guy is on reserve uh, yesterday, right? Um, so October 2nd, on reserve today, October 3rd, and then has two days off. And then October 6th, he had another reserve day here, right? Um, so this guy is, uh, you know, PM reserve, goes on reserve at 11. Um, on the third here, right? So they're starting to assigned 72 hours um, uh, prior to the trip. So this trip is about to be assigned at say uh, like four o'clock today, right? So you look for four o'clock today. So, you know, somewhere um, kind of late midday on the third, 72 hours out, any trip that has a report time um, after 1600 on the 6th is now um, something that crew scheduling has the domain of being able to assign, right? So they can look at you know, everyone who's on reserve on the 3rd, right? Um, and clearly, if this guy's on PM, he's inside of the window. Uh, M0032 has this report time 1600 on the 6th, right? So uh, right away at 72 hours prior to report, they decide, I'm going to start calling people, right? So they look at this guy and they go, hey, he has two days off. I'm going to call him here on the 3rd at, at 1600 because that's the beginning of the 72 hours. I'm going to assign him this trip uh, with a report time on the 6th, right? So a couple of things start to happen here, right? He's released when he's notified, right, back on the 3rd at 1600. And... He's not going to start reserve on October 6th at 11 a.m., right? He's not on reserve time uh, at 11 a.m. He now has a report time, right, of uh, of 1,600 on the 6th. And as far as that pilot is concerned, he's done, has no obligation to be on reserve time anymore. He's no longer in the order of assignment. That trip has been assigned. It's done, right? From there, after it's been assigned, it's either going to go down a couple of routes, right? Reschedule and reassignment, right? There might be changes to that schedule. Um, and there might be a cancellation, right? Crew scheduling might need to call you on the 4th or the 5th to tell you that the trip on the 6th is canceled, right? In which case, you can answer the phone or you could not answer the phone. But crew scheduling still has this obligation back here to call you, right? And this language right here gives them the ability to call you on your day off to do that, 25M2D, right? So uh, this slide here, um, I'm just going to walk through for the, the folks on the phone, uh, kind of the scenario and the question. And then the, the next slide has the graphic on it. I just couldn't fit them on both on one slide, right? So I'm a regular pilot and I added a single uh, day of PM reserve for tomorrow, right? So John, the regular pilot, adds a day of reserve, right? There's two pilots junior to him who are on PM reserve time on the same day, okay? Um, uh, everyone is similarly situated because they have the same day, right? 
both of those other pilots bid last out. So um, John, the regular pilot who picked up the reserve day, he bids first out. He's senior to the other two pilots. Um, and he's wondering why uh, one of those pilots was just assigned this trip, right? M0045. So if we look at the graphic here, right? We got Wendy and Peter and John. John in the last row here, he's the guy who uh, picked up the reserve day on the fifth, right? Um, at the point in time where he picks up that reserve day, he can choose to preference first out or last out. Crew scheduling should be giving you the uh, the ability to preference that, right? So John wants to go fly. He's hoping to beat uh, the reserve credit, right, um, and get assigned uh, some nice turn, right? So um, he signs himself up for PM reserve first out, and you know, Chicago turn comes up to be assigned, right, M0045. And they're going to assign this uh, at 11 o'clock on the 4th, right? So look here in the fourth column and what's happening, right? So Wendy, um, one of the pilots, junior to John, uh, had been assigned to trip M0081 on the 2nd and the 3rd. And that trip released on the 3rd at 2350, right? So uh, 1150 at night. You're going to get 12 hours of scheduled domicile rest after that, right? Um, that means that Wendy's reserve time is not going to start at 11 o'clock on the 4th. It's going to start at 11.50, right? That's also a change that happened in December of 21 is the ability to lop off the front side of the uh, reserve time, have that pilot go on reserve that day, um, but all of the duty is tied to the 11 a.m. start time. So um, all of your table B limits, all of the Section 12 hours of service limits still start as if you went on duty at 11, okay? That's to stop the rolling wackle problems that we were having um, pretty effective at it. But look what happens here on the 4th, right? So crew scheduling goes to the order of assignment and it goes, I don't have anybody who's on time available. I don't have anybody that needs a reschedule. So this trip is going to end up going to a reserve, on reserve time, in domicile, right? So they look and they go on the 4th. Um, Wendy is not on reserve, so I'm not going to call Wendy. Um, Peter is on reserve, right? Peter started reserve at 11. John, the guy who's bidding first out, also not on reserve time at the time that they're making the assessment as to who's going to get assigned, right? So who's on reserve time? Peter, the junior guy who bid last out. He is going to get the assignment, right? So all pilots are similarly situated because they have one day remaining on the fifth, right? Everyone has one day. They're all in the same similarly situated bucket in terms of the FOLO, okay? Um, but in terms of the order of assignment, the order of assignment is Peter. Peter's the guy who's going to get this because the other two are not on reserve time, right? Neither Wendy or John. So Peter's awarded the trip. Um, what does similarly situated mean? Just simply don't overthink this. Um, it, it's not a highly technical term. It just remains, all it means is you have the same number of days remaining, right? Um, there's some questions about, um, you know, who gets assigned if you have an AM and a PM period that are overlapping. We'll get into that. That is not what similarly situated means. Our contract has very specific language about um, uh, pilots being assigned uh, in accordance with the FOLO within their reserve time, okay? 
so we'll dig into that in a little bit. Similarly situated, all it means is exactly what we saw in the last slide here. All three of these pilots are similarly situated because they have one day of reserve left. That's it. That's all it is. Um, so what does it mean if you have the same number of days uh, days remaining, right? This is where we get into FOLO. First out means that the pilot will be utilized subject to any restrictions within this paragraph M6 before all other similarly situated reserve pilots um, for flying assignments, right? So first out means the pilot will be utilized um, uh, subject to any restrictions. That's hours of service restrictions, right? Um, FAA 117 restrictions, right? Um, before other similarly situated pilots, right? Just looking at the days days remaining. Last out means the pilot will be utilized after all other similarly situated pilots. All it is is the reserve day or the number of reserve days remaining. Um, and then seniority amongst them, right? So um, there's the example here. This literally is just a copy paste right out of the book, right? So you know, four pilots who are similarly situated with the same amount of days remaining, right, are on reserve from the fourth through the seventh. The most senior and the most junior pilots bid first out. The other pilots bid last out. Three identical flying assignments become available. The most senior and junior pilots are awarded the flying, right, uh, along with the most junior pilot who bids last out. So uh, the last person to be assigned uh, would be the most senior last out pilot, right? So that's what this slide is showing, right? The three trips, M9001, M9098, and M0081. So these trips are all identical, right? They're the same length. And um, we take a look here at, you know, Tinker, Wendy, Peter, and John, right? Who is going to be assigned these trips? They all start out exactly like Wendy here with four days of reserve. So everyone here is on reserve all four days, the fourth through the seventh, right? Um, that's the, what we had in the example on the previous slide, right? Everyone's on reserve four days. Um, three trips come up that are going to get assigned. So you're going to go to Tinker, right? Because Tinker's the most senior here, number one. Um, Tinker's going to get assigned first out preference and the most senior, right? And then we go to the next uh, most senior first out pilot, right? That's John, who happens to be the most junior, right? So you look at um, first out pilots who are similarly situated, right? Have the same days remaining. So Tinker's first, John's second. Peter, uh, he is the most junior last out pilot, gets assigned M0081. And Wendy, the most senior last out pilot does not get assigned, right? Wendy's preference was to be the last uh, assigned, and that is an inverse seniority order amongst the last out. Note, right, this order is not the order of assignment, right? This is the FOLO preferencing. All it is is the FOLO preferencing. The order of assignment, that's that other thing from, from 25 um, I-4, right? That's that whole order, um, reserves on reserve time in domicile, reserves on reserve time from another domicile, right? Uh, management pilots, junior assignment, all that stuff, right? Um, 
25M is this distinction cannot be more important. It is a really, really big distinction, right? Because remember that first slide that I showed when I jumped to the end, um, right? This thing here, know what's happening, right? You got a report, you get it into open time, it hits the order of assignment, right? This follow thing only happens if in the order of assignment you hit the reserve, right? This only happens if these people are on reserve and this trip ends up going to a reserve. And then it gets more complicated from there, right? Because there's additional layers. Um, when there's two groups of pilots on AM and PM and they overlap, right? So um, this is the language uh, from 25M6C, right? And this is this is the header to all of the first out, last out preferencing, right? Know what it says. Crew scheduling shall assign trips to reserve pilots within reserve types, right? On reserve time in the following manner, subject to contractual flight and duty limitations and any applicable FAR limitations, right? So if we take 25M6C and we just kind of break this down into some bullet points, right? What are they looking at? Within the reserve types, right? This is the AM, PM, red eye, right? So the follow preferencing matters within the reserve type. It basically creates silos for each one of them, right? Um, the pilot needs to be on reserve time, right? We said it again, right, here, um, and we said it in 25I4, right? Pretty important stuff. That that whole on reserve time thing is woven all the way through here. Again, not prospectively will be on reserve time at the report time, right? The pilot's actually on reserve time. Okay. So you look at people within the reserve types, AMPM red eye, and then uh on reserve time, actually on reserve time, right? And then uh you have to assess whether um all of the contractual flight and duty limitations are met, right? This goes right straight back to that uh, notification to report time and then the report to departure times and the fact that that has to be a three hours and it is um, uh, non-negotiable, right? Uh, the, the crew can't ask for it. The crew scheduler can't ask to shorten it. It's there for safety purposes and it determines whether or not you're going to be legal for the assignment that you're about to be given. If you're not legal for the assignment, you're not going to be assigned, right, in accordance with 25M6C, right? So you've met all the bars. You're on reserve time. You're looking at uh, other people um, that are on AM along with you to determine where you fit in the FOLO preferencing, right? Um, and then there's every trip that's made, uh, the, you know, that's going to come out of open time and go to somebody. You have to judge whether or not that's going to, um, uh, you know, fit the, the FAA 117 rules and the contractual rules, right? And then there's some exceptions um, as well, right? These exceptions, I, I'm not going to dig into these. We could do a whole Tuesdays at two on these exceptions. Um, but, you know, a long list of exceptions, right? Eligibility for additional trip assignment. What this is is the ability to remain on reserve time even though you've been given a trip assignment, right? What this is for is for the commuter to say, hey, I'd like to stay in the order of assignment if there's more flying that can be given to me so that, you know, when I return from my, you know, hair turn, 
uh, I still have, let's say, six hours, eight hours of uh, duty for that day, wrap and FDP that I can go do, right? So I would like to remain in the order of assignment and possibly get that, uh, you know, that one leg out to Denver so I don't have to buy a hotel or stay in my crash pad, right? Uh, it's a preference. Um, and so there's an exception. There's also an exception for days off prior to reserve time, okay? Um, this one I'm going to dig into a little bit, but the the day off prior to reserve time, this is um, an exception in order to create the um, uh, the first day of any reserve stretch where you're not in the order of assignment during the call out time, right? From the notification to report because um, the company couldn't consistently expect that you were gonna answer your phone uh, for notification on your days off and you're not in the order of assignment anyways, right? But all that, all that this exception does is simply creates, um, you know, it carves out the first two hours of your first day of reserve and says you're not in the order of assignment for those two hours, right? Um, there's an expect, uh, exception for projected accrual of credit. This is a credit leveler, right? Um, what this is, is the company's paying guarantee for everyone who's on reserve, right? And they're saying, we're willing to follow the reserve preferences up to this credit leveler, uh, up to this threshold, right? Um, and after that pilot has reached that, we're going to ignore his preferences move to the next guy so we can start to fill up people's credit buckets. This way you don't have a reserve who's crediting 120 hours and another one who's crediting five. As much as that might be desirable for the reserve and uh, who wants to credit a lot or for the reserve who wants to credit very little, the company was unwilling to do any of this language um, or any of the transparency um, unless there was some kind of credit level, right? Because they're already paying that money out so they have an interest there. Right? Um, Consolidation of knowledge and skills. Uh, really important that you, you can't come out of an, a, you know, your MVLOE and your OE and then just go on reserve and say, I'm last out and then not consolidate, right? So if you haven't consolidated, you're first out. That's what the exception is. Um, exception for contractual and FAR 117 limits. In case the header wasn't enough, right? In case this language back here about subject to contractual um, uh, flight and duty limitations and any applicable 117 limitations wasn't clear enough, we have a specific exception, right, from the, the FOLO preferences for uh, 117 and contractual exceptions, right? Then we have a last exception here is the assignment requiring special qualifications. This one's a little bit different. Um, it allows them to um, look at someone who, say, is an ETOPS qualified uh, assign that trip to them if they can find a training pilot to get them current on that flying. But if they cannot find a training pilot to get the pilot current, they're going to move on to someone who is, right? Um, so this slide here, um, right, the red boxes, uh, what we're doing is we're looking at times where we have an overlap between two reserve periods, okay? So notice here um, what's happening is we have kind of like 24 hours those are the little squares in the background right am comes on over here at 0300 ends at 1700 and then the pm starts right so you have this overlap uh, in this red square here uh, where am and pm overlap right so if you have a trip that comes up at um, you know anytime in that 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 time span 
you have AMs and PMs that it can be assigned to, right? Some of the AM guys are going to start to get cut out of that flying, right? If it's an O'Hare turn, right, maybe you can get the report, uh, sorry, the notification to report and the report to departure time plus the flying plus the release time in before you hit 16 hours of duty for the day, right, measured from 0300. Maybe, but maybe not. Right. Maybe that O'Hare turn is, is too long. Right. And here's where the, you know, the crew schedule goes, man, I'd really like to shorten that report time or I'd like to shorten that departure time up. Right. Can't be done. There needs to be an assessment made here of whether that trip will fit onto the AM or fit onto the PM. Clearly, it would fit onto the PM. Maybe not onto the AM. They might not be FAA legal. There might be contractual uh, rest and duty requirements that need to be met, in which case they're taken out of the order of assignment, right? Out of the full preferencing. Um, so both on reserve time, right? So in terms of the order of assignment, yeah, you can call either one of them. But note that when you get into the full preferencing and the exceptions that uh, the pilot might not be eligible, right? Because they might duty out. Um, what our language does here is gives the crew scheduler a choice between using the AM or the PM, right? Um, I worked at another property where the AMs and PMs were combined into one, right? So you were assessing every trip based on um, the AMs and PMs being in one pool. What happened in that system is there was tons of rescheduling of the AMs into PMs, PMs into AMs, right? That it forced the crew schedulers to constantly re-level um, uh, their reserve staffing by the reserve time, right? So what would happen was um, because they were forced to use all of their PMs, uh, then they would take a bunch of the AMs, call them towards the end of their AM period, and reschedule them to PM for the next day. This led to um, you know, body clock slings that were pretty um, difficult, right? It was something people really didn't like very much. Here on this property, uh, we have a slightly different um, system uh, so that the photo preferences is within the AM, then within the PM, right? So when you have the overlap, the crew scheduler is going to um, make some distinction, right? If both pilots are eligible, um, they can make a choice between using the AM or the PM. And the reason why is because it keeps people in the scheduled reserve time that they started out in. This It's a good thing, actually, because you don't get swung around. Um, so these are a couple of questions that, you know, have come up just in the last couple of days to me from pretty experienced guys, like guys that have been here three, four years, right? Um, can I be called outside of my reserve time, right? We talked about this language, yes. Uh, you don't have to answer the phone, right? You're not on reserve time. Uh, there's still some uh, questions and complications here where guys feel like they have to answer the phone. Uh, that is not the case. If you're not on reserve time, you're under no obligation to answer the phone. Um, uh, and note that the tap is totally different as well. And once you've been called out on a trip, you have no obligation because you're not on reserve time. Right. Um, staying current on changes to your schedule, delays and yeah, all that is still there. But you're on, you're no longer in the order of assignment. You're not going to get assigned more flying. Right. This is the thing that uh, in the regional world um, is very difficult because crew scheduling is constantly calling you while you're on the road. If you're a reservist, rescheduling you, making you fly more. Right. 
we have ability to be reassigned. We don't have the ability to have this constant uh, new assignments of new trips to you as if you're always on reserve if you're a reserve pilot, right? A uh, little bit different, right? So can you be called out of your reserve time? I mean, yep, they have the ability to call you. In fact, they have to call you to notify you, right? Um, and if that call interrupts your rest, right? It's the pilot's responsibility to call that out and say, hey, my rest has been interrupted and I need a restart on my rest, okay? Um, they have an obligation to call under 25M2D, right? That language we were looking at earlier here, uh, underlined here again, right? Um, contacted during days off to be notified of future assignments, but have no obligation to be available for contact. You don't have to answer the phone. Company has an obligation to call you even on your day off for changes to your schedule. Can I be assigned a report time outside of my reserve time? Nope. Uh, no, not at all, right? Um, report times have to be inside of your scheduled reserve time. And like I said, there's provisions to reschedule your reserve time. And um, if crew scheduling um, wants to assign you a report time that is outside of your scheduled uh, reserve time, right? Your AM, you know, 0300 uh, start time to 1700. That is, um, that's your reserve time. The report time has to fall inside of that. If they want to, you know, have you say tomorrow um, uh, fly, you know, a report time that's outside of your, your uh, scheduled reserve time, that cannot be done. Okay. First, they would have to switch your your scheduled reserve time for tomorrow, then hang the report time inside of that scheduled reserve time. It's a two step process, right? So you have to be notified of the rescheduled reserve time, and then uh, they can um, assign you a report time inside of that now rescheduled reserve period. Note that they can only reschedule the reserve period basically when they're out of uh, pilots for that that scheduled reserve period, right? So um, if you're on PM day one, right? And crew scheduling wants you to show up at 6 a.m. the next morning, right? They can call They can call you at 11. And, and uh, the first thing that they have to do if they want you to fly that, they got to switch your reserve time uh, to a.m. for the next day, which I think contractually is not possible, right? So um, we can dig into, uh, you know, language on the rescheduling of the reserve times, just know that there has to be a two-step process there. Um, there is no way to take you as a PM uh, day one, uh, call you up and say, hey, I want to have you show at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, uh, unless they can find a path to rescheduling you into an a.m. reserve period, which I contract that is very difficult. Uh, reserve time and report. Um, so this is, you know, uh, 25M2C, and this language kind of governs um, uh, a whole bunch of stuff having to do with reserves, right? So a reserve pilot may only be assigned to a trip with a report time uh, within 72 hours pursuant to paragraphs I4A, I4B above, right? So uh, what I4A and I4B are, that's that order of assignment, right? So um, the reserve pilot can only be assigned to a trip with a report time within 72 hours, right? So there is no longer uh, what used to be known as today, tomorrow, the next day, 
that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, crew scheduling looks at a trip. They look at the report time for that trip. 72 hours prior to the report time of that trip, they can start to assign that trip, right? Um, that, right, that assignment has to be done in accordance with I4A. That's the order of assignment, right? Then uh, that same paragraph, the report time at the beginning of the trip must fall within the scheduled reserve period in accordance with the provisions of paragraphs M2E through M2G below. M2E, M2G2, those are the rules regarding the rescheduling of your reserve period, okay? Um, so note what's happening here. Your reserve period needs to be rescheduled in order to hang the report time inside of it. Uh, you just don't. You don't get to say, hey, I'm going to give you willy-nilly whatever reserve uh, assignment with a report time outside of a, uh, your scheduled reserve period. It doesn't work that way. Um, and then on the first day in a block of reserve days, the pilot shall not be required to report any earlier than the scheduled start of reserve time plus the respective report time of his reserve time. Right. So uh, that's kind of a complicated sentence. But what's going on there, right, uh, and what? What really kind of makes it odd to understand is this um, plus the respective report time of his reserve time, right? So if you're on AMPM Red Eye, right, your reserve time is going to have a report time of two hours. If you're on 14 long call, it's going to be 14 hours, right? Um, so this language is pointing to these different reserve times because they have a specific report time that's involved, right? Um, so on the first day, and, and all this is, is a restatement of that exception that we talked about for the first two hours uh, of the first day of a stretch of reserve, right? Um, 25M3A, this just establishes the reserve times. Most of us are pretty familiar with that. And here we are at the end, right, um, back to our progression of a trip and what happens with our trip. Uh, hopefully this makes a little more sense, right? This trip back here, 25B1, this is literally like the creation of a report time, like some sort of genesis, right? Way back um, at the beginning of section 25, it's talking about building trips for the bid package, right? That's 25B1, and it has this long list of things that you need to be uh, given at the time that you're given a, um, an assignment, right? has to do with report times and uh, and the like. And there's a shorter list at the point that you're assigned because um, uh, they may not know the hotel you're going to stay at yet. They may not know which aircraft you're going to use, right? But at the time that that thing is created, it's going to have a report time in it, right? And that report time is going to be used to assess where you fall in the order of assignment and the FOLO preferencing to figure out whether you're going to be assigned a trip or not, right? That is then going to get rescheduled, that two-hour report time, from the time that you're actually notified, right? Um, and then you're going to get into, you know, the trip and open time, the order of assignment, and the follow, depending on where these go, right? The order of assignment might go in a totally different direction and go to a reschedule instead, right? Um, but note that the follow and the order of assignment are distinct in different things. They are not the same. Um, and the order of assignment requires that you're actually on reserve time. The FOLO is done from within your reserve time itself, right? So you're looked at relative to the AMs if you're on AM. Uh, for the PMs, you're looked at, you know, relative your preferences to the other uh, PMs and, and so on and so forth for uh, 14 long call or red eye tool, right? 
All right. Um, that's a lot of stuff. It's pretty thick. Um, but, you know, we're having a lot of trouble with this stuff. Uh, crew scheduling just has not properly implemented it or, you know, we get a lot of issue forms on it. Um, we've prioritized, uh, you know, these arbitrations because they are part of this Jenga puzzle where, you know, the call out times matter to determine the order of assignment. The order of assignment matters to determine the FOLO assignment. And um, they all, uh, they're all part of a system, right? And a progression of a trip being assigned in time. And um, so those are the, those are the ARBs we're working on. And uh, yeah, to what degree we can ask some questions about, you know, the stuff that's in the slide deck, great. If you have a bunch of questions about uh, schedules and trip link limits and long trips, we can do that too. I'm down with whatever, but uh, uh, to what extent we can help people learn about how to be assigned trips, uh, that much the better, right? So um, yeah, with that, uh, I just want to open it up to uh, to the floor and see if anybody has any questions. Uh, please use the raise hand function uh, and I'll call on you and uh, anyone at all. If you're on the phone, try like star five or star six. I can never remember which one it is. I always have Kevin to lean on for that, but he's not here. Star five to raise your hand, star six to mute and unmute. There we go. All right. Um, Will, anything in that slide deck that I'm missing? Any nuances that we've been running over with the grievance guys that are um, uh, not quite as clear? Yeah, you know, I don't think so. I think it's um, my suggestion would be to um, replay this a couple times because it does get a little complicated if you're not kind of limited every day. Um, Go back and 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 replay the slide deck until it kind of solidifies because it definitely yeah. you got to read it. You got to go through it a couple times uh, to make it really sit. I guess. Yeah, it's not the worst thing to kind of sit with it and sit with the contract next to it, right? Um, uh, the slide deck has the, you know, the unfortunate part uh, of focusing in kind of granularly on the language is that you miss this kind of linear progression of the trip being made, the trip going into the bid package, then moving into open time, right? From open time, moving through the order of assignment and then into the photo, which is, if you just read through the section, it's all right there, right? Um, just kind of moves through time. Um, but hopefully this helps everyone understand really significant distinction between order of assignment and follow. They really are different things. Um, truly, I think one of the, the biggest errors we're running into with crew scheduling um, has to do with them kind of prospectively looking at these reserve times 72 hours out and not understanding that if you're not on reserve time, you're not in the order of assignment. That one is a real sticky wicket. Uh, Doug, yeah, I see you got your hand up. Go ahead, you got the floor. Hey, sorry, I uh, had to find the key there. Hey, um, we get the full report, you know, on reserve, but is there any talk of getting us uh, an expanded version so we could see everyone's report, you know, like the chip available sort, anything like that? And then the, you know, guys on reserve, but let's say his time doesn't start till 12 and you're on the PM on that report. So we can all go, well, is this the right order of assignment? Oh, I, well, I see Jeff here is starts two hours later than I do. So yes, that should be correct versus me calling them. And well, what does Jeff look like? And you hear him type in the background to look it up because they have no idea. Yeah, right. Um, yes, there is 
talk, um, unfortunately, that talk is in an arbitration, right? Uh, that is the arbitration we did back on September 1st, uh, and we're waiting for an arbitrator's decision. And just to fill in the blanks on that, right? Um, so for ages, you go back five years in time, um, a company was claiming that there was no history to any assignment that's made here, right? It just disappears into ECO and we couldn't possibly know you know, what time it was assigned or who assigned it, right? Um, over time, they've figured out literally how to use the program um, and they're starting to understand that the data is there, right? So in the course of kind of working towards this arbitration, um, they basically admitted, yeah, we have, we have all the data. Um, their defense in that arbitration was to claim that they can't make all that data happen in one report. Right. Which is to. It's an end around around the transparency, right? If you have to like what what you're talking about, Doug, right, where you have to go to four different reports and call a crew scheduler for some of the information and, you know, then go to OFI and figure out who is given what trip and then go to a PDF of, you know, the bid pack to figure out whether trip M0048 reported at 1600 and then go to, um, you know, a different report to determine who was on reserve, which may or may not be correct data, right? That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. and what we negotiated, right, was for a reserve assignment log that had this information in one place so that you could, as a reservist, self-police the order of assignment. Um, clearly, you know, they're struggling with how to actually assign trips in accordance with the order of assignment. And so as a result, they're trying, it seems, to remain um, unclear uh, not have transparency so that um, you, Doug, can't go through and figure out whether or not you should have been assigned. Um, truly, where the, what they've boiled down to is we can give you the information, but we have to give it to you in different reports, which mm, my own personal take on is the arbitrator wasn't too happy with that opinion. Truthfully, um, I mean, they admitted that they can do all of the data in an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, and there's common data between all of those reports. So you can just do a, you know, uh, a simple script to harvest the CSV data, put it into an Excel spreadsheet, and then sort it by the employee number. And the thing will make the whole thing three times a day and probably post it as a, uh, um, um, post it as a, uh, polo report three times a day. Right. Yeah. Um, sorry, Tom, I, I missed your chat there and, uh, I'm running you know, all of this stuff. Uh, let me see if I can figure out how to get to the chat and screen here. Yeah, well, the question, the, yeah, the question was, uh, why do pilots who aren't on reserve get uh, the uh, follow emails? Sure, because the company just sends them to everybody. It, it, I mean, it's a shotgun rather than, you know, a pistol. Uh, I mean, truthfully, it should just be an ECRU. I mean, it's supposed to be OMS published, right? So this stuff is all supposed to be just an ECRU so you can go look at it. And yeah, it, I mean, it's really unfortunate. It's really hard to use the company email because you get like nine FOLO reports a day or something. I mean, it's just, 
um, kind of a bunch of nonsense. Yep. Yeah, well, they get to a to a real time solution, right? Like a lot of us are used to it at other airlines, Flicka, right? Yeah, um, that's right. It, and email cease, and you can just look and you see where you're at, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All uh, right. Justin's got his hand up, I think. Yeah. Hey, Justin, you got the floor. Hey, guys, I just got a real quick question. Um, say we're assigned a trip like the day before and we acknowledge online and they tie that reserve availability period from like three, like the report times eight o'clock, but we're, we have a wrap from three o'clock till our report time, eight o'clock. Are we on the hook to answer the phone during that, that time? Or are we released and just free for the, until we show up? Yeah, you're free. Um, so if I'm understanding you correctly, like, I'm just going to, uh, so you're on reserve on Monday. Let's say you're a, a PM reserve, started at 11, right? Um, and they call you and they assign you a trip for tomorrow with a report time of noon or something, right? Am I following you so far? Yeah. Yeah. And what they're doing um, is they're leaving a wrap on your schedule um, in order to... Um, track the duty day okay right that's what i thought I, I yeah from the time so on day one when you're given that assignment when you are assigned you are done with any reserve obligation until report time okay yeah cool thank you that clears that up yeah. i just wasn't sure if that was so they could call us if they decided to change something or something so that's good to know thank you yeah, no, I mean, that's that other language we were just looking at, right, that gives them the ability to call you on your day off, right, to yeah. notify you of future assignments. That's exactly what that language is intended to do. And the company does have an obligation to call you to notify you of changes to your schedule, right? And yeah. then you get into all this, like, I think it's in 25E, right, where you get into this stuff about, um, uh, you know, a pilot has an obligation to um, – maintain kind of knowledge of changes to your schedule. Yeah, that's all still there. But you are on no obligation whatsoever to call back because you're not on reserve time. The reserve awesome. time ends when you're assigned. Thank you. Yep. I was yeah. I was wondering we were talking, me and an FO were talking about that last trip and I wasn't sure. So I, I didn't want to give bad advice. So yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, same. I mean the scenario gets even kind of more wonky, right? If you you're on like a five day stretch of reserve and they call you up uh you know, day one to notify you of, uh, you know, like an O'Hare turn on day five, right? Like you're done. Your your whole reserve stretch is done until you uh, until you show up for that O'Hare turn. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Um, Drew, you have the floor. Go ahead. Hey, quick question. So I've had it happen multiple times in the last month where I get assigned something, and then they say, "Oh, never mind. We're going to give that to someone to consolidate." And they yank it off your schedule. Um, is there? Is, I guess when does that become a reschedule, and when is it just you kind of got your SOL? Yeah, a um, couple things with this, right? Um, so they need to be making that assessment before they call you, right? Um, they do have the ability to use that exception and use that trip to uh, assign to someone to consolidate. They should have made that judgment before they assigned it to you, okay? Um, there's grievance history here that ties the pay uh, for that trip to notification, okay? 
Um, however, uh, that trip is on your schedule and improperly assigned. And at that point, you have a technical violation of the contract because you shouldn't have been the right person in the order of assignment, right? So um, once that trip is assigned to you, it is yours. The notion that the trip is yours because you notified, that is some kind of Sun Country crew scheduling colloquialism, far, far stretching reach from what that grievance settlement is, okay? Um, it doesn't, that grievance settlement doesn't reach so far to say that the trip is yours once you notify. The trip is yours because you were assigned the trip, right? All of this language about the order of assignment and the assign the uh, reschedule and the cancellation, all this stuff is all new, right? As of, you know, January of 22. And it, as new language, cuts new ground, right? And while that settlement doesn't go away, because truthfully, if you've notified for something that's on your schedule, you're going to get paid for it. That's all that that settlement does is you get paid for the trip that you notified for. All of the new language has to do with being assigned. And then after you're assigned, right, there's, there's no just, I'm going to remove that trip from you and choose to assign it to someone else, right? Because choosing it to assign it to someone else is um, uh, not something that you can do in the order of assignment, right? The order of assignment, you go through and you go, hey, I'm going to assign it to the reserve. I, I look at the FOLO stuff. That, that trip's going to go to Drew, right? Once that goes to Drew, um, it's out of open time. It is, it's covered. It's covered flying, right? It either needs to exist in open time as uncovered flying or it's covered. And at the point that it's assigned to you, it's covered. From there, it only does a couple of things, right? It cancels or you go down a reassignment and reschedule path. The notion of, ah, I'm just going to take that off of you, put you back on reserve, no harm, no foul, that doesn't exist. But we're going to, I mean, unless there's some discussions with the other side that kind of move past where they're at, um, we'll end up in an arbitration over it. Would you prefer that we file a dart every time that happens then? Because that just happened this weekend. Yes, absolutely file a dart, yes. Um, if you're seeing, you know, any sort of contractual shenanigans that are working differently than what's on this call, just dart it, right? Um, Chris and uh, the rest of the grievance guys, the, the workload's pretty astonishing, right? Um, truthfully, uh, we could use some help on that front. But reality is, um, if we don't know about these things, right, if the data isn't coming in and we're not getting the forms, we can't enforce it. And um, we don't have line of sight to it necessarily unless we're, you know, getting the darts. So, yes, dart it for sure. Absolutely. And you might not see, you know, punitive damages out of the thing right out of the gate, but we're going to start to run over some of this language, send it through arbitrations, get precedent setting settlements and start to put some of the stuff to bed. So to put a lid on it um, for the purposes of what of what is your stance on it? Pilot is assigned something, pilot's called, pilot answers phone, trip gets on a trip gets unalived, and then they put something else on your schedule later. Is that a reassignment yeah. or not? 
Yes, yeah. Yeah, very clearly it is. Yeah. The you don't even have to get to the notification part. It really happens at the assignment part. All right. Thanks, Drew. Um, Justin, go ahead. You got the floor again. If you're talking. Oh, I'm sorry. Know. I did that by accident. I'm sorry. I'll put my hand down. Yeah, right on. All right. Uh, anyone else? Uh, questions? Anything to add? Um, uh, anything at all on this stuff or other stuff as well? Actually, I do have a question now that I, I have you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know a couple weeks back you were talking about presenting an LOA about reserves getting assigned, like, CFILs, you know, last minute. Did anything happen with that? Uh, we're up to the point where we've drafted. Um, haven't had a chance to run that past um, uh, Levenhagen yet. Uh, I think um, probably next week, Monday or Thursday, would be the, the right time frame there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it truthfully, right. I mean, I started out with the conversation about watch out for number one, right? Every single day I'm having a conversation with someone who's struggling in the training department because they're not being given the resources and skill set to make it through. It has nothing to do with the skills, the stick and rudder skills of our pilots. Um, it just, has to do with being given enough opportunity to succeed and you know people are scared uh, i i'm hearing it all the time uh have the same conversations with the chief pilot's office right all the way up to you know todd and the do they all see the same thing um so we'll, we'll push the letter across and say that it's meaningful and important to this pilot group and uh let you know where it goes from there yeah, thanks. I know it's kind of it's not only, you know, getting called in last minute, but even the people that you're seat filling for, if you haven't had the chance to prep for that sim, you're kind of doing them a disservice, too. So it's tough on yeah. both ends. But yeah, be yeah. awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? Um, uh, Doug asked about um, division of crew scheduling uh, for pilots and flight events, right? Yeah, there's you know, two separate books, right, with separate rules, and there's a lot of um, distortion between the two. Like LWAP, we, we, I mean, don't even get Zillin. Zillin is hitting the fan right now. He's absolutely losing it because we don't have an LWAP. There is no such thing as an LWAP in our contract. Um, it is a flight attendant term. It's in the flight attendant contract, right? Um, we have drops. We have mutual trip trades but we do not have an LWAP. Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of confusion there on the part of the schedulers. Other airlines don't run that way. They have a separate desk for crew schedulers um, for flight attendants and a separate desk for uh, pilots, right? There might be someone above them that's kind of, you know, management that's working both desks, right? But they're allowed to work both the desks because they have enough understanding of the two contracts to keep them separate in their head. Right. Um, that's what made them a manager. And, uh, yeah, truthfully, there's a, there is a lot of distortion there between the two. Um, they have been talking about that for at least three years, right? That was a OC initiative a long time ago. Um, I've heard it 
several times out of Greg's mouth. Follow through, not so much. Yeah. Um, they really should get there. Uh, it, it would help them with their contractual liabilities, right? I mean, <laughs> just a note on that, right? Like, um, we're probably somewhere in the three to four million dollar range, right? In terms of the grievance liability. That isn't the goal, right? The goal is not punitive damages. The goal is not to run up a bill, right? And and truthfully, I mean, $4 million isn't the thing where the, like someone goes, oh my gosh, that's so much money. We got to start treating the pilots right, right? Uh, when you're making 50 million a quarter, right? Uh, $4 million bill over a year is like, eh, yeah, okay. Um, but truthfully, this is all about pilots' lives working well, right? And uh, quality of life and, and knowing that um, uh, you're going to be scheduled properly to be, you know, uh, your work opportunities are going to be transparent. We're not going to hide trips. We're not going to favor certain pilots, right? All that stuff is in there. Um, and when it comes to, like, the training scheduling side of this, right, I mean – Things that are decided there are things, you know, between the company and Alpa where everyone decides this is the best way for this to run. It's the guardrails for that department. And if they ignore those guardrails, the costs go off of the, you know, off the charts and uh, people can't get recovered. And has a lot to do with, you know, um, I think why the, the training department is struggling in the way that they're struggling, right, is simply because um, – uh, there was some kind of notion that, um, you know, just ignore ignore the new book, right? You can just keep doing what's in the old book. And I think that, you know, the way that this place operates is on these, these colloquialisms, right? These tribal knowledge, some country colloquialisms. And it gets boiled down to some kind of distilled knowledge. And they say, oh, we just don't have to follow the rules, Right. It's not, you know, ignore Alpa's new contract. It's literally, we don't have to follow the rules. And so they stop following the FAA's rules too, right? And then they just stop keeping records altogether. Um, still, the contract is there to operate efficiently and effectively, right? So there's continuity of training and cost savings in the way that uh, people are put through OE and uh, you're given uh, a chance to succeed because you're going to be scheduled in a sequence that, you know, isn't, you know, three to five weeks apart for each lesson. Um, and when that stuff's ignored, uh, because someone's given enough leash to run to ignore it, right? Those people are also ignoring your expiry dates. They're ignoring the expiry dates of the line check airmen. Um, it's just it's the Wild West, right? Um, and out of, you know, hubris or uh, disdain for labor, Right. Someone said, yeah, you don't have to follow that new contract. You just keep doing the old one. That's fine. The, truthfully, the schedulers didn't know it was in the old one either. Right. And then they uh, they hear that as, yeah, you don't have to follow the rules. And they're, they're I mean, they're not even following the FAA rules, much less the contractual rules. Um, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, anyone else? Questions, comments, um, stuff we should know, things you're seeing happening to you? All right. Hey, Eric, um, it's Zillin. Yeah, hey, Zillin. 
Hey, one one comment I get asked is when they shorten those reserve periods when you're coming out of uh, a trip and going into rest and they shorten the front end, yeah. uh, they can't lengthen the back end. So it's yep. they, they shorten that time period from the front only is chopped. So that's a question that comes up quite often. Yeah, and all they're shortening is the reserve time. Yep. They're not shortening the duty. Right. So, yeah. you, yeah. you know, whatever your table A, table B, uh, 16 hour and your FTP limits and all that, that's still built off of 11. Right. Yeah. Uh, it still starts your your duty. You're absolutely right. Would start at three in the morning or whenever PM, a.m. And it, they're just shorting the availability, the time of reserve time period, basically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's so that, you know, your your wackle doesn't keep rolling from, you know, day to day to day. We had really significant problems with that three three or so years ago. Um, I mean, that's that's how Will and I met. We were an exhausted, totally exhausted Will and Ross Shapiro dragging around at the bottom of reserve, right? Uh, they'd start out as an AM, and then they'd become a PM, and then they'd become a red eye. And that's just because, you know, you got back late from your trip, and so the next day your reserve would start later, and the next day later than that, the next day later than that one. And it is, I mean, these guys were absolutely exhausted i mean our schedules are tough to begin with but that was a, a whole different level it was a good solve right um just shorten the the reserve time and keep the duty time starting at 11 and uh, you don't get rolled from day to day it's great yeah all right um with that i see no hands up um we've been doing this for about a, what an hour and a half probably about time to wrap it up Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Please go talk to people online. Talk about this stuff. Um, we just really need to grow knowledge as a pilot group. And um, please file the darts. Uh, we, we really do need the data. We need to know where the problems are uh, so that we can you know, prioritize the fixes. So um, appreciate you all. the LAC meeting in. tomorrow as well? Yeah, that's right. LAC, LAC meeting LAC tomorrow. tomorrow, 2 o'clock, Alpha headquarters. On the, or I'm sorry, Alpha building, 7900 International Drive on the fourth floor so there's a conference room on the fourth floor that's right we'll try and make the lac meeting yeah all right everyone thanks so much take care bye-bye